Hello and welcome to Under the Floodlights. This week on the show, Leicester go top of the league after beating a Wolves side that only got off the bus at half-time. Sheffield United become the latest team I decide are already relegated after GX's wonderful left foot sees Chelsea run out as comfortable winners. Arsenal begin their standard mid-season collapse. Timo Werner stat padding. Lookman relieving himself of all penalty-taking duties for the remainder of time. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer agrees with the rest of society that there's just too much football on at the moment. My name's Dan Scott and I'm joined by the usual duo, Billy Hutchison, Chris Ringland and boys, thank God, there's another international break. <laughs> I know, to be, to be fair, it, it got a bit much this weekend, I think. Like, the, the quality had really dipped, didn't it? It has yeah. indeed. And imagine, I mean, I'm exhausted watching three games a week. Imagine some of the players who have to play in it, and we'll get on to that later. Uh, so we will, Harry. Yeah, 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 because Darren, we've had a bit of, we've had a bit of chirp come in. A bit of backlash. Um, after, you know, <laughs> past, it's, it's starting to... It's, People are getting more confident about contacting us, which is great. But it tends to be of one-sided nature, especially about things that maybe you say, Dan. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I'd like to point out this is the first time that I've been called into question by a listener. <laughs> you two have had people messaging you about things that you guys have said in the past. You have both had to issue apologies on this program. And... <laughs> Yeah, I have. I received a little bit of abuse for comments that I made last week regarding Zinedine Zidane. Now, mm. I honestly didn't think twice about these comments. Neither did I, I at the time, yeah. actually. To be, to um, be fair. Well, Darren's, Darren's had these opinions for years. Yeah. This is nothing new to us. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I threw out on last week's podcast that Zinedine Zidane was a fraud, and I might have mentioned that he fluked his way to a Ballon d'Or. Now, obviously, <laughs> this is a tongue-in-cheek podcast, but people picked up on it, and people were not happy. No, they weren't. <laughs> no. Now, to be fair, do I honestly believe that Zinedine Zidane was a bad player or that he received too much praise? God, no. But unfortunately, everything about my personality, my ego, things that I have zero control over, well, they oblige me to come out swinging and double down <laughs> on what I've said, so I'm sorry. But Zinedine Zidane remains a fraud who flicked his way to a Ballon d'Or. <laughs> and if you were one of the people who messaged the podcast last week saying, Darren's an idiot, you're an idiot. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, this isn't a stats-based podcast, okay? But it has been requested that I justify my comments. Right. So you're going to have to let it slide on this occasion. To begin with, let's be let's be right from the off, okay? Zinedine Zidane has had an impressively decorated career, okay? His achievements include an Italian Super Cup, a World Cup, a European Championship, a Champions League, a La Liga, a Spanish Cup, and two Intercontinental Cups. I don't even know what those are. Inter- Intercontinental For Cups? For our years. Is, don't that even cl- know is that the Club World Cup? Honestly, no idea what it is, but he's won two of them. Um, he also... <laughs> Importantly, won the Ballon d'Or for nineteen in nineteen ninety eight for being right. the allegedly best player on the planet. Okay, <laughs> now obviously that's a remarkable career. He was very fortunate to play in a couple of seriously good Real Madrid Juventus teams. However, if you look into this guy's statistics, it does question whether the praise that he got about being one of the best attacking midfielders in history was a little bit over the top. <laughs> okay, so to run you through some numbers, he right. played six hundred and sixteen games. He scored 117 goals and got 116 assists, okay? So that's a goal every 5.3 games, an assist every 5.3 games. Quite low, isn't it? Well, that's what we're going on to. If you compare that with some other players who don't get sort of the same praise that Zidane got, aren't as highly rated, um, it does make it look like Zidane maybe got more praise than he deserved. Frank Ribéry. Played 583 games, that's less than Zidane, but scored more goals at 149 and got more assists at 217. Francesco Totti at Roma, he played more games, he played 785, scoring 307 goals and getting 184 assists. So his goal 
record of per game, which was 2.6, and his assist record per game of 4.3 still betters the dance. Mm. Even if we were to take this to a bit of an extreme, okay, oh. and we compare Zinedine Zidane's numbers to uh, a current player, and that okay. is Arsenal's Arsenal's social media manager and dinosaur mascot employer, Mesut Ozil. Oh, Mesut, has played, <laughs> Mesut has played 600 games. 16 less than Zidane. Now, he scored 105 goals, which is 12 less than Zidane. But crucially, he's got 216 assists. That's exactly 100 more assists than the greatest attacking midfielder who ever played the game. And Mesut Ozil is a laughing stock. Okay? So, this is also something. There's a, there's a guy, Michael Cox. Uh, wrote a book called Zonal Mark and basically discusses different areas of or the different eras of European football. Uh, and what he highlights is that Zidane, despite being um, sort of considered as highly as he was and getting all the immediate attention, he really only had two outstanding seasons in his career, at one at Real Madrid and one at Juve. And he also noticed that his career at both clubs tended to follow a similar pattern. So he talked about how Zidane arrived at both clubs with a huge amount of hype struggled to adjust in the opening months before ultimately having an okay first season. In his second season for both clubs, he won the league and he was the best player in the league. So that's fair enough. But then he went on to have a slump for the next two years at both clubs. He then showed a slight improvement again in year five. In theory, 1998 to around 2000 was the peak of Zidane's uh, time. That's when he won his World Cup, his Euros, and also the Ballon d'Or. Now the Ballon d'Or, I said that he fluked his way to, and when I'm I'm going to go on to that, okay? During his Ballon d'Or year of 1998, he played 51 league games, offering right. up just six goals and seven assists. Okay? Now, he also, he also played in a World Cup, which France won. Yes. He played five matches, scored two goals, both conveniently in the final, got zero assists, and was actually sent off for a stamp on a Saudi Arabian player in the group stages. <laughs> so this means that in his best player on the planet year of 1998, he played 56 games, scoring just eight goals and getting just seven assists. He then followed oh. that up with an eight-month goal drought in 1999 <laughs> as Juventus slipped to sixth in the league he was wildly overrated in 1998 based on the fact that he was good at dribbling and scored two goals in the final of a world cup when everybody was watching he was never the best player on the planet he just looked aesthetically pleasing and took set pieces he was a youtube footballer before youtube existed okay the definition of a fraud is somebody who deceives people in a way that is illegal or dishonest and clearly when you compare the numbers Zinedine Zidane has deceived people into thinking he was a far more productive attacking midfielder than he actually was each time Zidane left the team either by transfer or retirement the team performed better in the following season presumably because their attack wasn't being run through a ball hog who only managed to help the ball into the net at the same rate as Gilfie Sigurdsson Zinedine Zidane remains a fraud who fluked his way to a Ballon d'Or <laughs> absolutely love it there's so wow. much in there wow so much the, the 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 comparison with ozil is stunning i have to say yeah i was gonna say about ozil there you said he had less appearances ozil probably would have passed him in appearances now except for the fact the guy hasn't played football in over a year <laughs> yeah i couldn't get named the squad but that's the point i'm making is that if you look yeah, at the yeah. numbers you say to people who would you rather have zidane or ozil oh. 99 people out of 100 are going to say zidane mm. but i'd rather ozil mm. i'm also picking up on things uh likes of eden hazard has described zidane many a time as his favorite player ever and main reason why he wanted to go to real madrid and i can now see why with the eight month goal drought 
Aiden Hazard recently went a year without scoring, and I imagine it was quite comforting having Zidane as a manager. Yeah, just there. following in the footsteps just, just of his idol. Some similar experiences, just just looking at him every day, going, "Well, that guy once went eight months without scoring. They yeah. beat it. Here's yeah. twelve. I mean, I mean, one thing I will back you on, Darren, is the, his managerialness. Was it four Champions Leagues or three or something? He won three. I did have a He's whole... He's a fraud. I had a whole bit written about the number of goals that Cristiano Ronaldo scored in those three yeah. seasons. I think it was 134. Yeah. Um, but fraud. listen, uh, he, he would have been, had we been around back then, an under-the-floodlights player. Because he looked good yeah. while doing essentially nothing. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, it's the Bayer Leverkusen Champions League final goal is like the... Yeah. That's the famous one. Yeah, he turned yeah. up. He scored two in, a, in the World Cup final in 1998. Yeah. Despite being terrible the, the rest of the tournament. He was man-marked out of the game in the quarterfinal. He did nothing in the semi-final <laughs> against Croatia. He turned up in the final, scored two headers from corners. Got, won a Ballon d'Or because of it. Good for him. It's, anyway. it's hilarious for our generation as well on Zidane because I think our first memories of the guy are probably that I, World Cup final. I, with the headbutt. Mm. It the, is. The headbutt yeah. final. That yeah. is, yeah. That's it my... Is. Lasting memory is that guy's last game yeah. where he's yeah. lost the plot a bit. Yep, <laughs> exactly. And, um, well, that's conclusive. That, thanks very much, Chris. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, anyway, anyway there, yeah. there, was, there was football played this weekend. Uh, yes, there was indeed. Um, anywhere in particular that you guys would, would like to start? We have Arsenal doing their usual. Yeah, I, Emirates. Mm. yeah I'm, Aston Villa confused me, man. Um, <laughs> they're they're a ridiculously good team, but they're not. Mm. Like what what like what's going on there? It's a bit Robin Hood. They take points from the rich and they give points to the poor. <laughs> Big yeah, good teams is... lose to not good teams. Yeah, this um, is now Liverpool, Leicester, and Arsenal. They've yeah taken nine points <laughs> like, off. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ollie I, Watkins, I mean, like, big game player. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. I mean Jack Grealish. I mean, like, Jack so Grealish. I, I, so I assume we've seen the goals. The third goal. I loved it. So the third goal was absolute. That was an under the footlights goal mm-hmm. for several reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Martinez, the keeper, made a great save, uh, and in the same movement as he was like landing with the ball, uh, started a counter attack, which Jack Grealish outpaced Hector Bellerin, yeah. which I'll come to in a minute, um, and then shoulder barged him while dribbling off the ball. Absolutely, loved seeing it. that's cool. Loved was good strength. Absolutely phenomenal. Hector Bellerin, two points. On Hector Bellerin. First of all, the way he tucks in his shirt, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> um, his hair isn't as bad as it was a few seasons ago, but that tucking the shirt in, he, like, because his shorts are then like higher, like it's up to like his belly button, and it just looks awful. Mm-hmm. Um, Hector Bellerin is infamous for being really quick. That's that's I can tell you for a fact because I saw it with my own eyes. That is not the case anymore. Well, is it that he's not quick, or is it that Jack Relish is really really quick? I, I imagine. Strong. I mean, we were talking about he was like faster than you see in Bolt and things. Like, <laughs> wasn't that the chat at one stage? Like, I was quite worried there, it? Chris, that you were going to go full Alan Brazil and blame it on the fact that uh, Hector Bellerin's a vegan and therefore not <laughs> strong as Jack Rutledge. I, I was quite worried there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I know he's had a, a few injuries, but I just thought, like, man, you've receded. <laughs> it's his it's his accent really for me that, that puts me off yeah. as much as anything else. Yeah. When you hear him speak, it's just odd. The Spaniard in North London for too many yeah, years. Yeah, because he's been there so long. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I suppose listen, good result for for Villa. Uh clean sheet, great presence of mind for the goalkeeper as the for the goal, as you said, Chris. And um 
I must be quite pleasing for him knowing that he he left Arsenal because he was yes know, Leno's back. You're going back to being the number two. He mm. said, "Okay, I'm happy enough to to drop in theory down a level, go and play at Villa." And he's had a hell of a start to the season as they've been beating lots of teams. Um, uh, con- conceded no goals away from home. Yeah, he, he's now kept more clean sheets at the Emirates than Leno this season. Mm. <laughs> That's hilarious. And uh, Bailey, your your friend Ross Barkley. Ross Ross had a game. Mm. Secret agent. To be Ross fair, Barkley. really, he did. He had a day out. It's <laughs> it it wild phenomenal. what Ross Barkley can do in a system where he doesn't have to think. The the assist he had would never have happened at Chelsea Football Club. Oh, no way. No way. Yeah. He's just a lot freer. He's got, he knows where the ball has to go. He now knows he's got two players he can pass to. He's now got Grealish and Watkins. Mm. It's, it's the ideal situation for him. And I think today Dean Smith actually called for him to be in the England squad. So Dean Smith oh, clearly getting on board with my propaganda. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose the way people are dropping like flies with, with injuries, and again, we'll touch on that later, um, he probably is in with a shout again, um, because this season's just going to continue to produce more and more injuries. And if you can make it to next summer and be fit, there's yep. a good chance you could be on the plane for England. A <laughs> um, couple of goals, a couple of assists, very much so. so yeah, because, yeah, because Southgate is going to go down a list and just see injured, 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 injured across all of the players that he wants I've, to take. So, and, yeah. um, and every good performance Ross has just adds a million to his transfer value next summer. Yeah. Yeah, you know? it's it's been an ideal loan, actually, for from a Chelsea perspective and for Barclays. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, anyway, talking about Chelsea... A uh, very good result over Sheffield United, who I will say are down. Yeah, so, so, yeah, hi, hi, hang on. Relegated? Uh, hang on. Hang on a second. Um, you can't just do that. Well, I can't because I did it to Fulham. And <laughs> Sheffield United are worse than Fulham. Right. So uh, oh. it's not fair. Right, well, ha- it's right, not on. fair for me to say that Fulham are down <laughs> and not make the same sort of comments about Sheffield United, who are terrible. Um, uh, right, talk talk us through talk us through your process here. Well, what? there's no process, Christopher. They're sitting bottom of the league. They haven't won a game. I don't see them winning a game for a while because they change their strikers every week. They have four of them. None of them can score. Jack O'Connell, who was one of their best players last Hi. season, he's out for the season. Yeah, they conceded four against Chelsea, which is unlike them. This team are relegated. If you don't score goals and you concede lots of goals, you're going to get relegated. They're only they're only relegated if they. If they can't go back to any sort of the same form that they clearly showed that they could last, like that's what's the difference between them and Phil and West Brom is that they have proven mm. that those. But I mean, well, they proved jo- prove it for one year. One year is not proving it. Well, it's, well, it's better staying than, part. Better than West Brom and Fulham. But, yeah, it's better than those two. But um, Sheffield have a similar thing to Burnley. I imagine it's that thing where you back the manager going at least they're, they're consistent in their approach and you kind of look at Burnley and the way things haven't gone fantastically for them at the start of the season well back Deitch I think there's a similar thing with Chris Wilder where after last season you can kind of look at it and go right we'll give him a bit more time to get this sort of clearly has his way of playing lost a key player I think yeah. people will back him but I I worried for them at the weekend where are the what, goals where are the goals coming from ter- Lundstrom turned down uh, a contract. Yeah, and got dropped. I think he did that a couple of weeks ago and got dropped yeah. for the weekend because Chris Wilder needs to put players out that he can trust. But uh, where where is the goals coming from in that team? The 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 recruitment has not worked so far. Twenty million uh, for Brewster is looking like 
one of the worst bits well, of business in a long well, time. No, Darren, no, no, Darren. No, 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 no. Don't say that because Darren. the amount of generational talent propaganda I've Darren, heard I, I, from I, I Liverpool can fans up. about this guy. First listen. of all, when the guy was at Liverpool, he was a generational talent. Oh, he had all the ability listen. in the world. He's got Dar- Sheffield Dar- United. He's not got all of that ability anymore. <laughs> I, I could bring up several text WhatsApp messages from August about how <laughs> Brewster was going to... He was going to... Set, light it up. set the world yeah, yeah light it up <laughs> I, d- I didn't year. I didn't want him to leave because I thought <laughs> he was going to score a lot of goals this season in a Liverpool shirt Liverpool decided I guess to sell him replaced him with Diego Jota which is looking like a good deal and the whole the rules of this podcast are we reserve our right to change our mind at any given moment and five, five touches in the hole of the first half I terrible gives you terrible gives you a reasonable no, like, passenger I, I thought where he is I thought, like, on paper, their recruitment was really good because, like, I don't know if you noticed, but they bought the two young fullbacks from Derby, who, by the way, are bottom of the championship. I don't know if you've seen that, Lil Rooney. Um, it's quite funny. <laughs> What's that? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, they got these two young fullbacks to challenge Enda Stevens and George Baldock, who were both phenomenal last year. But because of Jack O'Connell's injury, Enda Stevens has had to play centre back. And then that hasn't really worked. And then they don't have Fleck because he's still injured. And then Ramsdale, the keeper, is clearly nowhere near as good as Henderson. No, he's, he's not a Premier League goalkeeper. He, yeah, he hasn't been great. And then Oliver Burke, who's this uh, Scottish player who played for Red Bull Leipzig a few years ago and they couldn't get in Tony Pulis' team. <laughs> Very quick. Um, yeah, he started the first couple of games, but then um, hasn't played since. And then Ampadu didn't, hasn't looked that great either. So well, he couldn't I, play at the weekend. Yeah, but in the but he's played the other games and he he looked you know he looked okay like didn't look like a Champions League semi finalist really um, <laughs> you know uh, so like on paper that group Burke. was really good yeah but that but like that guy Maxlow you know he passed the ball to passed yeah. the ball straight to Timo Werner for a yeah. bit of garbage time stop padding yeah, yeah. no I'm not I'm <laughs> I've called Marcus Rashford out on it for weeks and I'll call Cavani out on it later for stop padding. But Timo Werner, I was texting Darren during the game. Once Chelsea went three, three up, the guy led up, burst in, burst into life. Wasn't in the game at all. He was having point. he was having one of those days where he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat <laughs> for sixty five minutes. Then all of a sudden it goes three one. Games one, Timo sprints into life. <laughs> Another Vardy style goal. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Ziyech though looked uh, mm. phenomenal. Well, before we, before we talk about Ziyech, I just want to say how great Mason Mount was. Because you have to. <laughs> because contractually, contractually, you have because to. Because as a fan of a team with Mason Mount in it, you have to say about how brilliant he is. Because, yeah. he, because he gets a lot of stick. I have to balance it out. Coach's but yeah, we'll son. talk about Ziyech. Coach's son. Ziyech definitely. Coach's has, son. Um, yeah. uh, Ziyech's definitely thrown his name into the hat for under the floodlights player of the season. Oh, that, oh, I mean, oh. that accolade is heating up at the moment. <laughs> So God, God this guy's foot. left foot's good. Bailey actually texted me about this on Saturday and I wanted to put it to you, Chris, to see if you agree. Do you think it looks better when somebody does it with their left foot compared to their right yes. foot? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I Something absolutely about it. agree. Why is that? I think it's because there's less of them. Mm. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. There's very few left footers in the modern game. Like even a lot of left backs now are right footed. So there's just something about a right winger with a left foot. Don't know what it is. It just looks better. Pretty. <laughs> uh, so there was a double clanger uh, in less than a minute from Pretentious Pierce this week Fantastic. The, in the Chelsea Sheffield United Keeps game. Keeps the thing going. 
so uh, we had another um, needs to get that side of his game out because a young player apparently is ill-disciplined. This week it was Reese James. I wasn't uh, happy with this. Uh, so he, yeah, he said, oh, Reese James, he needs to get that out of his game if he wants to be a proper player or something along those lines. And then from the resulting free kick a minute later, <laughs> when Thiago Silva scored, he was declared to be the emperor of centre-backs. <laughs> Which I, I I thought it's time to turn the volume down. <laughs> no, funny in that situation, I I didn't like the Reese James comment at all. I thought it was nah, a bit I didn't. Strange. Trick Mitchell, now him. Yeah, yeah. Reese James got sent off after the ninety just for having words with the ref. So I don't know That's what funny. he means about this side of his game. The guy's actually a very quiet guy. Whenever you see a lot of things, yeah. And then obviously the resulting free kick. If anyone watched the uh, Chelsea Ajax in the Champions League last year. I knew Sheffield were in danger at that point because Hakim did exactly the same thing against Chelsea last oh, season right. in the Champions League. Yeah. Except last season, the ball hit off the post, hit Kepa square in the nose and went in the back of the net. <laughs> it was his vision, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, get out of the way. Well, I have to say, though, like, Sheffield United were terrible, but we had, an, we had a definite contender for under the footlights tackle the season. From uh, Chris Basham. It's Did you see a, this, Billy? It's going to be a long award show at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> that was an under the floodlights tackle. Uh, <laughs> I think we need to really sit down and narrow down what the categories are for this because <laughs> at the moment everybody's getting one. It's participation awards at this stage. No, it was uh, Ender Stevens kind of like pa- did a short pass back. I don't know if you remember this. And, yep. uh, and the resulting, it was through on goal. And Chris Basham out of nowhere with a stunning last ditch block. Yeah, but also helps him that it was Mateo Kovacic going through That's on goal, and yeah. he decided instead of shooting that he was going to help Timo stat pad, <laughs> and just couldn't get the ball. To him. <laughs> yeah. Do we think Chelsea are now back in? Are they in the title race? The title race is obviously. About, I, I never thought about, they were out. There's about nine teams in yeah. it at the moment, but are, well, so are Chelsea and Leicester in it? Are yeah, Chelsea so. legitimately in it? So hard to say. There's so many teams in that mix because as you say Everton were top one point there was three teams at one point this weekend led league I think all you can do as a team at this point is as long as you're in contention by Christmas Mm. as long as you're sort of top three four at Christmas you're in the mix and I think Chelsea reasonably squad depth wise should be in the mix yeah Yeah. Chelsea are probably better suited than a lot of teams if if they were to get an injury because it, it does look like there's a potential for whichever team can stay the fittest is probably yep. gonna be right up there at the end i mean you've seen liverpool have struggled with losing van dyke i mean if they were to lose a Salah or a mané they might be out of it you know manchester city if they were to lose a de bruyne or somebody long term they could drop out of it so i think really if you can hang in the mix and, and stay fit um, yeah get yourself out of European competitions yeah. as quickly as possible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, and I guess going on talking about European uh, competitions, Manchester United-Everton was a game that was played um, and the scoreline was 3-1 to United, but it was largely um, overshadowed by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, <laughs> taking taking control of, of the interview and, and going on a little bit of a rant about, um, about how Manchester United were set up to fail by the league because they played in Turkey on Wednesday night and then had to play the 12.30 kickoff on a Saturday. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, he, he didn't execute it well. Completely agree. Um, yeah. He was. He definitely got the 2005 Jose Mourinho tapes out. 
um, <laughs> and and couldn't fulfil it. Yeah, it's he's he's completely right in his approach. Like no team should be playing against a Wi-Fi password on a Thursday night um, <laughs> and then playing away on Merseyside on a Saturday lunchtime kickoff. He's completely right, but he just doesn't have that same I'm gonna say charisma is like a Mourinho whenever a Mourinho would garn or like a club. No, or he, a of course he doesn't. Would... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I like the idea the execution wasn't there. I think first and foremost they won the game, and that you know doesn't help your argument. That played against them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the way yeah, the way that that you have to do it, unfortunately for Ollie, is you don't win the game and then come out. In theory, you know, the interviewer asked him a question. He immediately disregarded that question and started talking about something else. He controlled the narrative, which was good. But unfortunately, the way to do that is you turn up. You're allowed seven substitutes on the bench. You only name five. That's the way to do it. (laughs) Um, You hand a debut to an 18-year-old that nobody's heard of. (laughs) And you lose lose the game (laughs) 2-1 or 3-1. And then you come on and do the interview and say, well, look, I had to play this 18-year-old child because (laughs) my team were on the flight back from Turkey. That's the way to do it. Um, Winning the game 3-1 and then coming out and saying we were set up to fail. Um, I don't think that's the, the right way. To, to do it so the idea no. was good but the execution wasn't quite there from Ollie for me a lot um, to learn from Mr. Solskjaer yeah yeah it's good to see yeah. I mean, it's, it's you can see that potential um, but, well, it, but he's not quite well. there yet um, um, in all seriousness what do we think about this sort of the whole fixture schedule the five subs the versus three subs I mean, what, 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 where do we stand on this I'm stunned at teams voting against it in the first place I, I don't get why it Apparently, it's going to help the big six sort of out too much. But I don't see why. It, as you go down the table, we've already said Sheffield have struggled with injuries. Burnley are struggling with injuries. I don't see who it, this, like, who it hurts to have five subs. It doesn't add any more time to the game. Because you can still only have three substitution periods. You can't have like five random stoppages when you want. You can only have three. So I don't see who... It negatively affects. Yeah, I, I don't really, I don't have an opinion. I just, I just, I, I just want to, I just want to see Mourinho make five subs at halftime. That's what. I <laughs> yeah, Chris, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because you're also of the mindset of I don't care that the big, the big teams have to play three games a week. That's the price you I'm, have I'm for so being awesome. good. But yeah, so so sorry that you're so good that you're in the Champions League and then you lose to a Wi-Fi password. <laughs> no, like, I, I'm very much of the opinion that. It's very easy to forget that these guys are human beings, and and to be completely honest, it comes across as greed from the Premier League. Yeah. They're trying to get as much football in as I'm they shocked. possibly can because they're trying to maximise money. And um, at the end of the day, it's human beings. And like I said at the start of the program, I'm exhausted watching that amount what? of football. And there are human beings out there that are having to play three times a week at the elite level. And if their performance is dipped, they get slated for it. And if they keep the standard high, they're pulling hamstrings, they're pulling calf muscles, they're doing whatever and they're missing um large amounts of time on the sidelines the december period is always the most it's gonna be horrible con- this year. well it's the most congested every season but yep. what we're seeing is coming off pretty much no pre-season every month is december at the moment well the worst part of, for the next sort of two years football is just constant we have a Euros next summer after that there's a world cup there's, there's an olympics world. as well, well there's a world, world cup as in well. december yeah, yeah, it's going to be non-stop for these guys, and that's why I don't get like. It, I think it'll actually benefit a couple of teams because a couple of teams, whenever you're playing five subs, if there are injuries, are they going to have to turn around and go, okay, we've a eighteen, nineteen year old lad from the academy, we'll chuck him in. Mm-hmm. 
And he's actually going to get game time because there's five subs going. I don't see why not. It's completely ridiculous. Well, it, it, it's all right, though, Darren, because we have absolutely seen the death of pay-per-view with the 5.30 Friday night Burnley <laughs> Brighton nil-nil take place this week for 15 quid. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been no official announcement on what's happening with that. There is some suggestion that there there might be a, a positive announcement coming in the next couple of weeks, but we'll, we'll hold off on commenting on that until it actually happens. Um but yeah, I'm kind of with you, Bailey. I think that the amount of games is a bit much. And the fact that they're having to fly everywhere. I mean, you guys know you have a travel day. You're exhausted come the end of it. These guys are having to do it, play professional football. I think it's all getting a bit much. I've always been of the, the opinion that less football is a good thing. <laughs> so uh, so um, less less football for certain players in the Everton United game is probably a good well, thing. Well, y- yes, because mm. it did bring that fantastic moment when Seamus Coleman went viral um, for his comments that were overheard because they were so loud <laughs> um, to Harry Maguire after Pickford did him in. The par for the course Pickford error. <laughs> He's been no, taken someone out of the side. Him. So, Someone said he was pushed. He wasn't pushed. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen Pickford do this once a week. Do that exact kind of go up the catch and then drop it right in front of him. All the the time. Yeah, the one that we got him a few weeks ago where he had his error that led to a goal, he was trying to claim that it was because of the rain. There was no rain in the match on Saturday. I don't know what the excuse would be there. It wasn't even at the end of the pitch that the sun was hitting him. Yeah, I was going yes. to say, the first no half he had cap. the sun in his eyes. So yeah. I have no idea what excuse he was going to trample for that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did think it was funny that you could hear Seamus Coleman making it very clear in no uncertain terms that, that Harry Maguire was to get up um, <laughs> because that is a dive and he wasn't standing for it. I've actually liked that in general about... Um, there's not been many benefits to the to the new crowd, but it has been interesting yes. to listen uh, to to kind of the sounds that you could hear at pitch side. For me, it's funny because I mean I've played a little bit of amateur football, oh. and it's been oh. um, really interesting to see that that really it's just the same things that get shouted even at the <laughs> professional ranks. Um, yeah. There was a the, the Wolves game um, this weekend. You could hear whenever Adama Traore came on. And you could just hear whoever was marking him, the the teammates around him were shouting the same things at that professional footballer that I shout at you, Christopher, when we play seven aside. It's stand up, stand up, stand up, don't jump in, don't jump in, no foul. It's those sorts of things. Yeah, Mason Mount this weekend was told to fucking switch on at one point. And I was like, that is a bit, you'd you'd see on a Saturday everywhere. Yeah, I played on a team where our goalkeeper used to shout nearly every weekend, 20 minutes into the game, boys, we haven't fucking started. (laughs) And... You know, I think, is that the same thing that happens? Was that what Pep Guardiola was shouting at the Man City players 20 minutes into the, the <laughs> Liverpool City game? No, um, there was what, one thing from that whole Maguire going down and not getting a penalty. Maguire actually came out and said after the game that pe- people are jealous of Man United. <laughs> he said people want to see us lose because they're jealous of our success. Now, I looked through the Man United Our success. Uh, our our is, success. Yeah. Their success, he means. Yes. As in yeah, Manchester United. I, I looked through that team. I, not many of them have actually won anything with Manchester <laughs> United. Certainly not Harry Maguire. Who, <laughs> the only thing he's achieved so far in his career are being part of the love train and being <laughs> the most overly priced centre-back in world football. The, the biggest accolade in that squad is Juan Mata's Europa League medal. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's there Donny van great... de Beek as a Champions League semi-finalist <laughs> <clears throat> Cavani won a Farmers League every year 
There was a there's not a great line from the commentator when Fernandez did his great uh, header. Um, the yeah. commentator was like, "Oh, he's made a career out of that." Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't think he has. To be no. honest, was a bullet um, header though. It's great it header, was, but that's not what he's ball like defending. It wasn't good. Uh, yeah, well, Keane and Holgate talk to each other. <laughs> the amount of yeah, like tw- twice that happened. Because for Fernandez, a second goal, the same thing happened. Rashford made a run, and the two of them were in different postcodes. <laughs> horrendous from the Everton lot. Yeah, their defending's it's interesting. Yeah. It's weird that Yari Mina makes it better, Chris, after comments you made earlier. I know, I know he was dropped. He was dropped as well. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be back in after the international break, though. Oh, of course he will. Yeah, of course he um, will. Edison Cavani off the mark for, for oh, Manchester United. Don't. Oh, come this on. was elite level stat padding. I know. Wasn't he, as bad that, as that was FIFA. Not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was, you know, three on two, and Cavani, like he was always going to finish that. It's, Fantastic finish, but it's the 95th minute of the game. Come on. It wasn't as bad as Timo, but it's still a bit of stat padding. What I didn't like about it was Bruno Fernandes in his interview afterwards. Um, I think it, what he did was very nice. He, you know, looked one way, passed it to Cavani. And it was to, you know, get a player who hadn't scored off the mark because he's going to yeah. be an important player for the season. Uh, the idea is correct. But those are the types of things that you let the pundits mention. Mm. where Bruno Fernandes comes into the interview and says, I could have scored a hat-trick, but instead I chose to pass it to Eddie so that he's off the mark for United. Uh, and the whole thing just, I mean, Bruno Fernandes strikes me massively. Is it, yeah. He'd rather score and get an assist and lose 3-2. Yes, <laughs> like, his interview he, was strange. He, yeah. like, he wants to walk into the change room being the best player on the pitch and he does not care if Manchester United win, lose or draw. Yeah, no, I, as long I as his who scored stats are looking great. Yes, I did my stats. bit. I can point the finger at you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Aren't I so good? I could have scored a hat trick, but I passed it. Let other people have those conversations. <laughs> anyway, um, Fulham and West Ham. West Ham win the yep. game 1 0, continuing yep. their reasonable run of form. Yep. There wasn't a huge number of talking points in the game other no. than Lukman's penalty in the 98th minute. Yeah, nothing uh, happened in this yeah. game for 90 full minutes. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't see much of it to be honest. Um, they, they were talking. Apparently, Aaron Cresswell needs to play for England now after it, um, which is very interesting. I can, I can get him in the if, squad if he's still have he's, any left backs. If, he, I mean, if he's fit, come June. I mean, he's in like, the running. There, there's, there is a reason why he wasn't in the England squad. But anyway, he, he is good. But um, yeah, the yeah, I have nothing really to say about West Ham. It was just, it was just absolutely hilarious with him. So Lookman. There was a penalty won by Fulham in the 98th minute. Yeah. Uh, Lukman stepped up to take it because I think Mitrovic missed the last Fulham penalty no, this season. I think apparently, apparently yeah. he had a hamstring injury. Mitrovic? Apparently, this is apparently. The apparently it was a mix of a hamstring injury and, as you're saying, missing recent penalties. But Tom right, Kearney okay. could have taken it as well. Could have. Um, and Lukman stepped up with what I think was genuinely the last kick of the game. It, yeah. it literally was, yeah. Decided to try and panenka the goalkeeper. <laughs> Seemed to get it horribly wrong. It was going to bounce before the net, based on the trajectory that it was. And Fabianski, who had half-dived to his right, was able to stand up and pick up the ball. Um, this from Lukman is 
pretty much unforgivable. Um, mm. We've talked about this a lot on, on the podcast. We talked about it with Pogba in his arm sleeve. By the way, we forgot to mention it was good to see he went to the undershirt this oh, week. Oh, so yes. Paul's a yes. listener. Um, yeah. We talked about it with him. We talked about it with Jack Grealish and his shin guards. When you are at the top of the league or when you are playing really well, you can essentially get away with doing not whatever you want, but closer to that. When you are right down at the bottom fighting for relegation, you do the basics. You have a penalty mm. with the last kick of the game to win your team a point. You kick that ball as hard as you can into the net. What he tried there is unacceptable. And when you're fighting for relegation, if you're a manager, you need to pick 11 players that you can trust. Lookman can never be trusted again. No. Um, I, I do love how brutal Scott Parker has been because um, his entire back four and goalkeeper uh, is now totally different from what they got promoted with and for that they played in the first couple of games. So, Well, there's a reason for that, because after the first couple of <laughs> games, they were down. <laughs> <laughs> they're now marginally not down, but they're only not down because there's no. other teams that have done worse. No, they're, 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 they're still down. There was also some absolute nonsense gurning in that game about the offside rule, because our goal wasn't ruled out because Haller was standing in front of the keeper or something. No, Haller, where he stood, forced the Fulham defender into a header. Yeah, it's, yeah this, this, is, uh, this is and then yeah. check and then in. This is absolute nonsense. Why? <laughs> why is there any sympathy being given to the defender in a situation? Like, how is that offside? Was there not an instance as well in the the Villa game that we talked about earlier? Yeah. I think their first the John goal was, was disallowed because Ross Barkley was standing. Uh, yeah, I mean, In like, side of, of funny, the like, one, get a funny one on that. I actually, it's strange for the Barkley one because there's no way Leno's saving that anyway. And Leno had a, a clear strike, and he had a clear side of yeah. it. Barkley but, was off. To and the what side. I really like, the best part about that was, and I've not seen this before, VAR actually comes up saying checking offside, and then we'll name and shame the player <laughs> who was offside. <laughs> yeah, so whenever the yeah, decision's yeah. made, it just comes up Ross Barkley offside. Fantastic. <laughs> The other crazy offside decision we saw this weekend was Patrick Bamford. Oh yes, um, pointing oh, yes. pointing to a teammate of where he wanted the ball played to. The teammate then played that ball. Patrick Bamford scored, and then they managed to draw the line down from the bottom of his shirt sleeve on the arm that he was pointing with, and managed to Phenomenal. catch him offside by that. Phenomenal, um, which is just wild, isn't it? You, I mean, you love to see it because it's Bamford, but you but you know, but you hate to see it. Yeah, it's just, uh, there was a few decisions this week. I don't know if you saw this, Christopher, but um, in the Wolves game, yep. there was a handball decision uh, oh, given against Kilman. Yeah. And they showed a video clip at halftime of, the, yeah. of Stockley Park. Oh, it, oh, did they? And it looked as though sort of a manager or somebody had, was coming into the room because he was reenacting a running motion. And obviously you couldn't hear the audio, but what the pundits were suggesting was he must have gone in to tell whoever was doing the VAR, you can't give those as penalties. That's natural running motion. <laughs> so it yeah. seems like there's still no consistency in, in Stockley Park itself over the calls Jeez, that man. they're giving. I that love is, yeah. that clip though, because I think there's a great I think there's a great reality show in there somewhere. <laughs> I think as you said before, it's all about marketing for the Premier League. I think just put a couple of cameras in Stockley Park as they make decisions. Oh, absolutely. Go about like their day. Just a, just a bit of behind the scenes because the, I loved yeah. watching that video. And they, they all like whoever this fella was 
Yeah. Yeah. Given the running motion, and then the minutes. Let me see it. Yeah, and then the VAR person, the the VAR official, could then go in and do one of those one on one bits to camera where they talk. You know, they get quite like emotional brother, yeah. about oh, you know, I'm finding <laughs> it really difficult. It's so stressful. You yeah, know. comes in going no, this this new handball rule. It's one of those like I don't want to give them, but I just have to. It's the letter of the law. And yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. This, this this has to be a thing, and we we should be able to get like you can vote people off. So if there's a couple of dodgy oh, VAR yes. decisions, the yes. public can vote in to say David Cook's not allowed back. David Cook, you've been eliminated from Stockley Park. <laughs> <laughs> get someone called up from the championship. Yeah, it's like Love yes. Island. Just get another one in. <laughs> so yeah. have people on tap, <laughs> and then at one stage we'll have Chris on. Can't wait. Uh, yeah. yeah, doing a Brighton yeah. game. <laughs> The, the the issue was that that decision also provoked um, a disastrous humble brag from Gary Lineker, where he said, "You know, uh, I put out this tweet earlier to say, you know, do people think that we need to change the laws or not?" And it got two hundred and fifty thousand votes, and everyone was like, "Gary, like, all right, you know." Well, Gary's Gary's not as big as a deal as Mesut Ozil then, because Ozil got three hundred thousand the other week <laughs> on his Twitter poll. It, it was also an issue because the Lookman penalty uh, they made it all about him. Because uh, Gary Lineker, famously or infamously, tried to do that as well uh, in the World Cup. Um, did he? Penenka thing. And they were like, oh, oh look, Gary, you did it. <laughs> He's like, I knew you were going to bring Gary that up. Oh, <laughs> so oh look at me, I played for Yeah, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> he missed a segment. Bailey, you got an In the Mud for us this week? Yeah, we do indeed have an In the Mud. Uh, I'll just catch up on someone, uh, a previous In the Mud. Oh. Darren, you mentioned uh, Mason Ozil's predictions is he back hi he, he predicted a game yesterday a prediction Ooh. tweet 2-1 for the arsenal against a team with a strong goalkeeper and a captain with an amazing technique goal scorers Oops. laka oba and grealish what do you guys think <laughs> i think someone needs to check Mazet's betting accounts because yeah. he's having an absolute stinker you just need to feed Mesut Ozil if you want to win some money <laughs> <laughs> every weekend now on to the real in the mud this week it is everyone on the planet who isn't Pele. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud, Pele. <laughs> a thousand goals on the Copacabana beach, Pele. You're going to so, have to start writing your uh, critical analysis for, for after the international break. Well, no, this is the thing. At least there's records of Sinatine Saddam. There's no records of this guy. <laughs> so Pele, after the right. uh, Pfizer news came out today, I thought I would do a bit of research on the company. And I found out back in the day that they create they actually created Viagra. So okay, good what do you do whenever you create a new product to sell? You need a face for your campaign. Oh no. And as a man who allegedly scored a thousand goals, it must be tough to get excited in other aspects of your life. <laughs> so <laughs> So Pele teamed up with Pfizer to sell Viagra. Now this is obviously years before Ronaldo was selling that bit of kit that gives you abs and uh, what, what, when are we talking here like 80s or 70s or what, what are we this talking is, like it would surprise you i looked up this advert this afternoon and i would say late 90s what this came out but what? it's one of those i imagine if you're one of pele's mates you're gonna have a bit of a laugh you know you're gonna go <laughs> haha like a pele's doing a viagra advert here but after years of abuse this guy's now first in line to get the covid vaccine because he's the face of Pfizer. Is, so, is, that, is that what's come out? I, I, it's not confirmed, 
but I imagine if you're the guy who's been slated for years for doing that advert, oh, I would like to think he's going to be top of the list. So while we're all sitting at home on Zoom without mugs, Pele is going to be sitting there on the cup of Gabbana adding to his thousand gold tally. <laughs> well, Pele Viagra is going to be an interesting um, result in my Google history. Yes, now. we don't really want that, <laughs> but, do we? Uh, like... I've just found the advert. Yeah. And it oh, it's says, in Portuguese. You'll not understand. No, no. I find I find a version in English. So I have it. It has Pele, and um, beside that, it has Athlete of the Century, and it's him standing. On, <laughs> it's him standing on a football pitch, holding a football in a, quite a poorly fitting suit, and yep. the tagline is "Erection problems don't just affect your love life." Uh, it then says, "Erection problems affect one in ten men at some time of their lives, and for many, their work, their relationships, and their self confidence suffer too." I've always believed that the only way to resolve a problem is to confront it. If you are experiencing erection problems, don't suffer in silence. Millions of men worldwide have asked for help and got back their love lives and sense of well being. Call now for a free confidential information pack explaining the causes and treatment options for this common medical condition. Take the first step to a better love life today. I would is a quote <laughs> from Pele. Um, what a great Pele advert. And Pfizer. Pele and Pfizer clearly walked so that the world could run. They were well ahead of their time. You know, this product had to come out so that that company could make a bit of money, get a bit of cash flow in because they knew at some point the world was going to need them. Yeah, and you're also absolutely right, Billy, because I've just gone on Pele's Instagram account and he claims to be the leading goal scorer of all time with <laughs> 1,283 goals specifically. I was no way know how many anyone's counted were... that. No, no way anyone's yeah, counted that. Yeah, exactly. I would love to know how many of those were scored in front of spectators. This is one of my <laughs> things. I would have loved to have been an athlete back like in the 50s because I would just lie about everything. I mean, everyone's just like, well, I mean, like, I, I know they were great and all, but like, everyone's like, oh, you know, England won the World Cup. But, 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 but you know, like, you know, they weren't that good, were they? You know. <laughs> There's a quote I've just found from Pele, and to be honest, I've not fact checked this, so it might not have been said <laughs> by Pele, but it's in quotation marks and it says Pele after it, referring to, <laughs> referring to Lionel Messi, who I guess is his competitor for best footballer ever. Um, and he says that Messi only shoots with one leg, has only one skill and doesn't head the ball well. Fantastic. Well, I've never so seen he, Pele I mean, do anything. He really so. believes he's the best footballer to ever exist. Well, Lionel Messi, get yourself involved with a drugs oh, manufacturer because you never oh, know where it could lead you. So, so in the mud wow. this week is everybody in the world except Pele? Seven, eight billion people who aren't Pele in the mud. Wow. <laughs> great. Love that. Great in the mud. Um, also, also not the leading goal scorers of all time, all those eight billion people. So. True. There can, <laughs> there can only be one greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, boys, th- that, that kind of brings us to the end. Uh, as always, thank you very much for, for your time. Uh, for anybody who wrote into the show calling me an idiot last week, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> More of that, please. Yeah, please do. Listen, if I... you want to pick us up on things that we've said, please, by all means, do it. We might... Yeah apologize we might come up with a counter argument we might just completely wholeheartedly deny that we said that thing in the first place but please do get involved and, and uh and let yeah. us know because um, because just before Aaron, that because i have to say another one did come in i'll not name names but someone did put through that garbage comparison that was doing the rounds of oh Solskjaer's first 50 games versus Klopp's first 50 games <laughs> i was like you know i was like get that off my screen you know? yeah um <laughs> yeah but please do keep, keep getting involved um a little bit of housekeeping obviously it's 
it's the international break this week, thank God. Um, so there will be no podcast uh, next week. We will be back again on the 25th of uh, November. Guys, any any uh, plans for the international break? Anything that you guys are going to do? Well, well, Darren, there's a, there's, there's, there's a big game during the international break um, that's very important for the your, your land and nation. Get yourself down to Windsor Park. The, the Green and White Army have a chance to qualify. To the... Uh, it's also Masters weekend, so yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, when, when is, that, is, well, that, is that Thursday? Because I've that's got Thursday nights. There's no chance Tiger will be. <laughs> I've got, I've got plans for four days straight. <laughs> so do, I'm afraid. Um, listen, guys, thank you very much as always, and, and like I said, we'll be back again on the on the 25th of November. See you in two weeks.